You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Is substance abuse a serious problem in our veterans? Has the risk changed from Vietnam to Iraq? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host. And with me today is Dr. Harry Croft. Dr. Croft is a psychiatrist in San Antonio and recipient of the United States Army Meritorious Service Medal. Among his many accomplishments, Dr. Croft has been named Physician Broadcaster of the Year by the National Association of Physician Broadcasters. Welcome. Thank you. Dr. Croft, please tell us about substance abuse in our veterans. Let me start with the Vietnam veterans. One of the ways you can cope with a situation which is almost impossible to cope with, in Vietnam, the war took place in the jungle. There were snipers who came out of nowhere. There were mines on the ground. There were atrocities performed by the enemy. Your life was never certain, and so you were always on edge. Now, how does one cope with that? Well, you can numb out. That's one of the ways you can. Or you can use substances to help you numb out. And many of the Vietnam veterans, when they were soldiers, would use either alcohol or marijuana or heroin, which was smokable. Then in the United States, heroin is so heavily cut by substances that you can't afford to smoke it because uh, too much of it goes away, so it's shot up or snorted. But in Vietnam, it was smoked, and it was smoked to help the veterans numb out. Now they get home, having participated in a very unpopular war, and were treated poorly by the folks that came out. I want to digress just a second. I've heard from veterans who told me, you know, Doc, it wasn't just me. They treated my wife terrible. They told her that her husband was a baby killer. What did she have to do with anything? I also heard from vets, you know, doctor, I couldn't get a job when I came home. I got a job until the last question. What was the last question? You weren't numb, were you? And the minute I said yes, there was no job. Uh, This is a bit of trivia. When the Vietnam vets came out, they were given preference in three job areas. One was law enforcement. The second was civil service. And I wonder if any of the uh, listeners can guess what the third area was. It'll make sense when I tell you. It was the post office. The post office is loaded with Vietnam-era vets with PTSD. What's one of the symptoms of PTSD? Increased arousal, so they jump to the sky when loud noises happen. Avoidance, which made being a letter carrier a good job because you work with people but you really don't. And then finally is anger and irritability. I'm convinced that much of this, quote, going postal stuff, end quote, is PTSD in the Vietnam era vets. So how did they deal with all this treatment they got? Many of them drank, and they drank to sleep, and they drank because of the nightmares, and they drank because of the flashbacks, and they continued to use drugs. The good news is I've seen a lot of them now, over 1,700 Vietnam era vets, and most of them have cut down their drinking or stopped their substance abuse now, mostly 
because of the medical complications they're having from other disorders, but they've stopped it. But to answer your question, substance abuse was rampant amongst the Vietnam vets. What about the Iraqi vets? We don't really know yet. I've heard figures that were low and figures that were high, and I don't really know. My suspicion is fewer of the Iraqi vets are using substances than did the Vietnam vets. One of the things that many of the listeners may not know is that the Iraqi vets go over as units, the units they train with, the units uh, full of people they know. In Vietnam, especially later on, that wasn't the case. You might have gone over as a unit, but from the center where you landed, you were then sent out in the jungle to units you didn't know anything about because so many people were getting killed. They were replacing them with people. So all of a sudden, you're thrown in with people you don't know from anybody anymore, and you're in small units out in the jungle where it was a lot easier to use drugs than it is in Iraq where units are are contained as units with people they know. Nevertheless, if there is a substance abuse problem, what our physicians need to know, Leslie, is that you need to treat the substance abuse in addition to whatever else, even though they're related. If it's substance abuse comorbid with depression or anxiety or anger or other PTSD symptoms, you can't treat the one without treating the other. And the notion that if I can just fix the one, the other will get well, will go away, is not true. Now, one of the things I've always heard about Vietnam and uh, drug use was that drug use was certainly rampant when the soldiers were in country, but, but most of them actually did stop using once they got back stateside. Um, obviously, they all didn't, but that if you looked at the percentages, those that used when they were in Vietnam compared to at home were significantly different. Is that true? Drug abuse was rampant back home. You know, those were the 60s and the 70s, the, the beatnik protest era, Haight-Ashbury, and so there were drugs rampant here. What did happen, and what was very interesting, because I ran the drug and alcohol program at that time, was that the treatment for heroin addiction in this country was disastrous. I mean, getting somebody to stay sober from heroin back then was almost impossible. And yet these Vietnam vets who smoked heroin could stop when they got back, and many of them did stop. What was much more common than the drugs, some still smoke marijuana, by the way, but marijuana and heroin were replaced for the most part by alcohol. And many of them stopped drinking. Many of the vets I see have been married for years, and their spouses deserve medals. So did their kids, because they don't understand. In World War II, when the vets got back, they talked about their experiences. They joined the Legion, VFW, DAV, and they schmoozed, and they talked, and they bragged, and they boasted, and their units kept getting together years later. Some of them still get together 50 years later now. The Vietnam vets didn't talk to anybody. They didn't talk to their spouse. They didn't talk to anybody unless it was another vet. So many of them, although they all have the same symptoms, most of them had no clue that everybody else had the same symptoms they did. They thought 
I don't know why I do this. I just do it. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is San Antonio psychiatrist Dr. Harry Croft. We are discussing substance abuse in our veterans. Now, Harry, I've heard as well that Iraq is certainly a different situation than, say, Afghanistan, where in Afghanistan, heroin, uh, which they call the poppy, is everywhere, both in the civilian population, the Afghani population, and in our soldiers over there. Is this similar to the Vietnam-era heroin use? Fortunately, it's not, because... The military itself has changed. One of the differences between Vietnam and Iraq is that in Vietnam, many of the service people were drafted. They were not enlisted. They were drafted. And we lost, as you know, 57,000 troops in Vietnam, and hundreds of thousands of others came back wounded and hurt. So that in Vietnam, the troops were very young. Now, troops are always young in wars, but in Vietnam, the non-commissioned officers and officers were young, too. Officers became officers because they had a year of college. NCOs became sergeants because the sergeant got killed yesterday or got hurt and got transferred out. And so many of the supervisory personnel were young and inexperienced and, frankly, after a while, didn't care very much. So are they going to report somebody in their platoon that's smoking dope? Probably not, because probably they smoked it too. In today's Army, our supervisory people, our NCOs and our officers, are much better trained. This is a volunteer Army. And, and I don't think they put up with people using as much drugs as they did in Vietnam. I may be wrong about that. We don't know for sure, but I suspect most of the drug abuse occurs when they get back. Well, it certainly makes sense, and you bring up an excellent point of just the enlisted versus draft and how that would change really the whole psyche of the troops. Yes, it does. Most of the troops I talk to, Leslie, are proud of what they're doing in Iraq. Towards the end of the war, most of the troops were not proud of what was happening in Vietnam. Now, back to substance abuse in terms of treatment. Do you think it's important for these vets to receive their treatment in a VA-type setting, or, or can we handle them in the civilian world? I think probably with regard to substance abuse, it would be better to handle them in a VA setting, but it is possible to handle them in a civilian setting, but it has to be a civilian setting that's used to treating folks with substance abuse problems. Substance abuse can be treated without really initially looking at the underlying cause. So you think the tendency maybe among people who aren't used to treating this is to say, okay, well, they're just self-medicating depression or anxiety, and if we treated that, we don't have to think about the substance abuse. That's right. And, and I mean, that's how I was trained many years ago. It's not true. You know, there are two coexisting disorders. One may cause the other initially, but then the other, the substance abuse, will take on a life of its own, independent of how it got caused. And if you don't deal with it, you can treat with the most appropriate antidepressants. But if the person continues to drink, chances are 
they're not going to get well at the same rate that they would if they were not using. And certainly if you think about alcohol in this population, these guys are in their middle to late 50s and 60s now, that that's really a critical time in the career of an alcoholic, that they begin to have significant physical problems with liver and and such. So I would assume that more and more family practice, internal medicine, even subspecialist GI kinds of docs are now seeing these, these patients. And, you know, I I mean, frankly, there just aren't enough VA or DOD physicians and mental health professionals to see all of the people coming from Vietnam and coming from Iraq. And so, by default, many of them will have to be treated. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Harry Croft. We have been discussing substance abuse in our veterans. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233 the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.